Attention Northwest Arkansas businesses and talent seekers. Introducing Onboard NWA.com, your hyperlocal job board crafted for our unique community. Struggling to find the perfect match for your job openings? Onboard NWA simplifies the hiring process, connecting you with the region's top talent through tailored talent matching solutions. Whether you're an employer seeking expertise or a professional looking for your next opportunity, Onboard NWA is here for you. Discover more at onboardnwa.com and let's build the future of Northwest Arkansas together. Hello, Northwest Arkansas. Randy here, bringing you a quick word from our sponsor, Signature Bank of Arkansas. Since 2005, Signature Bank has been all about empowering our community with local ownership and top-notch banking services. Signature Bank's roots run deep with assets over a billion dollars, and they're right here in your backyard with branches in Bentonville, Rogers, Springdale, Fayetteville, and now including Harrison and Jonesboro. With a growing family of more than 200 teammates, they're ready to serve you with the warmth only a true community bank can offer. And they've got Banco C, the first bilingual bank in Arkansas, to ensure that banking is for everyone. So give Signature Bank a call at 479-684-3700 or visit Signature.Bank online. Mention you heard about them on the I Am Northwest Arkansas podcast for that personal touch. Signature Bank of Arkansas, big on assets, local at heart, and a proud member of the FDIC and an equal housing lender. Hey, this is Gary Head at Signature Bank of Arkansas. We founded Signature Bank in 2005 with local ownership to serve our communities with the best bankers with the most authority to do business. We have succeeded in growing our bank to over $800 million in assets, including $50 million in growth in the first quarter in 21. We have 155 teammates that love our communities and the customers that we serve. We are always here to serve and eager to do so. As chairman and CEO, I welcome your call to have the opportunity to serve you. Please call 479-684-4700 or online at signature.bank and tell them that you heard about us at I Am Northwest Arkansas. It's time for another episode of I Am Northwest Arkansas, the podcast covering the intersection of business, culture, entrepreneurship, and life in general here in the Ozarks. Whether you are considering a move to this area or trying to learn more about the place you call home, we've got something special for you. Here's our host, Randy Wilburn. Hey folks, and welcome to another episode of I Am Northwest Arkansas. I'm your host, Randy Wilburn. I'm excited to be with you today. I have got a fantastic guest, somebody that I actually met 
through my good friend, Mark Zweig. He introduced us via text, as Mark always likes to do. And I connected with uh, Daimata Baker, who owns Rockin' Baker. And it is a bakery of sorts, a special type of bakery of sorts. And let me just say this. The bread is insane. That's all I'm going to say. It is a local baker in Fayetteville, but they serve the whole Northwest Arkansas area. But I brought Daimata on because she has a really great story to share about the, the impetus behind the baker bakery and why she did it in the first place and how she's helping our local community. So without further ado, Daimata Baker, how are you doing? Doing great. Thank you so much for having me here. Absolutely. Absolutely. So listen, as we always do here on the I Am Northwest Arkansas podcast, I would love for you to share your superhero origin story with our audience. Just tell them a little bit about who you are. It is so interesting because this week our email is all about being a superhero. <laughs> sometimes you can be a superhero for one day. So what a huge coincidence, huh? Yeah, it is. It is. I love that. I love that. So, <laughs> so at the time it couldn't have been better, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. So a little more about me. I am originally from Venezuela. Okay. And I came to the U.S. to further my education. And uh, I came to Fayetteville able to pursue my MBA degree. And that's in this city, that's where I met my husband, who was born in Fayetteville. And we stay here. I worked in different corporate positions. And that included from, you know, marketing, chopper marketing, back to branding. And then at the end, my last post was really managing all the sales uh, for Chiquita brands, including Sam's and, and Walmart. So during that time, it was one of those that you begin questioning, okay, what, am, what do I want to do next? How do I want to end the last decades of my life in a little more meaningful way? Yeah. And when I went to see my parents, this video plays so vivid in my mind about doing what I'm doing now. It was really a place where people could get the training that they need so that they could become more successful in their lives and provided them the tools and the skills so that they could go out and contribute to the community in a different way. But the funny part is the, the dream was so realistic. It was down to the colors. When I came to the U.S., I, I had never cooked or baked. Or, I mean, I had never even cleaned tables in my life. And there I am opening a bakery out of the blue. And, uh, you know, it's one of those I've always been known as the person who kind of, oh, if you need something done, call the marriage, you can do it. So it was always that mindset. And maybe now that I think about it, maybe it wasn't so good because it gave you the confidence or maybe make you overconfident in what you can do. So there I am, open a bakery, no experience. I just doing a lot of research to be able to gather all the information that I needed to be able to open this place. And uh, today, I couldn't be happier to say that Rockin' Baker is really a life-changing commercial bakery. We train and employ individuals on the autism spectrum. And we do all of this one by providing and producing, as you said, really, really high-quality artisan breads that is served at the most leading restaurants and hospitality groups in our area. I always wanted to have a product that they could be so proud of, something that people would buy, not out of pity, but because it was really, really good. And it gave them a different sense of why I'm doing what I'm doing. Yeah. No, I love that. I love that. And you kind of, I mean, I know people listening to this would be like, wow, how did she just start an artisan bakery? She comes out of a corporate America and 
you know, somebody else had said, oh, I, I know who Demara is. She was with uh, Chiquita Brands and, you know, she was she was a big corporate person and now she's running her own bakery. And that just doesn't happen overnight. So we can add the dream was part of the 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 recipe, if you will, of getting this bakery started. But you also shared with me a while back when we met in person and I met at your bakery that you actually went and did some training in San Francisco. I'd love for you just to kind of share because it's more than just people hear all the time about, oh, you start a business, you just go out and do it. But sometimes there's a little preparation that's involved. Sometimes you need to find a mentor that's doing the same thing that you want to do to be successful. And you kind of found that in San Francisco. I'd love for you to share that with the audience. And You know, I, that's a really good point because people tend to see what is out there and they don't really understand what is behind the scenes. Right. And uh, in my case, when I decided that I was going to open the bakery and that was the mission, by that time, I was already baking bread and sure. everybody said that it was really good and said, mm-hmm. well, maybe this is the, the right way to do it. But I also understood that I needed to have more behind just making bread at home. And that's when I decided to go to San Francisco Baking Institute to formalize my training. And it was really fundamental for me because what I was doing instinctively, you know, it's kind of a common sense. When I went to the institute, some of the things that I learned, now I have a foundation. It kind of, oh. Now I know why I did that. Right. Oh, now it makes sense. Yeah. So it was in the right path, but now you have the foundation to really understand why you were doing what you were doing. So I was there for, I mean, it was a very intense two courses that I did on artisan bread because at my age, you don't have too much time to be playing around. Right. So you have to go very <laughs> right. fast. Right, right. So after I completed that one, I got myself admitted as an apprentice in a bake shop in sure. Cincinnati okay. through all of my connections. You know, that's the good part about being incorporated, that you can call friends and make things happen. So I ended up being an apprentice in a bake shop to really see what it was to produce in a commercial setting. Because, you know, when you go to school, it's a different pace. It's a different mindset. Right. You're learning. You're yeah. slower. But now when you are down in the trenches, you're really understanding what the time really means when you're in a commercial operation. So that gave me that sense. But of course, I also understood that because of my lack of experience and knowledge, I needed to surround myself for, uh, with other people who knew more than I did. Mm-hmm. So when I was at the Institute, at San Francisco Bacon Institute, I met the co-founder of the Institute and I told him my idea. And the first reaction that he told me was, you're totally not. You don't know what you're doing, but <laughs> I understand your mission and I know nothing's going to stop you from doing it. So I'm just going to help you. So he provided the feedback for me to design the layout of the bakery that it could really flow the proper way of doing it. And I did a lot of research on the kind of equipment that I needed to buy. And he reviewed what I did and he kind of gave me the check mark. Yeah, you're ready to move on that end. But then I also contacted some people in the community. I specifically met with Hannah, Hannah Widow and her husband, Ben. Sure. They used to run a little bread company in here in Fayetteville. And I said, well, they have been doing it for a few years. They kind of know in the community for, you know, being in the hospitality industry for so many decades. So I just met with them. Again, run my plan. And the first reaction, you're crazy. But OK, we're going to give you the advice. And they saw what I was doing. They really didn't have any major questions. They could tell that I had done a lot of my homework because I'm trying to fill those voids. And uh, there I am. I was ready to open. And I set the date. I guess that's the project manager in me. Mm -hmm. I set the date and I said, we're going to open Veteran Day, November 11, 2016. 
Okay. And we opened that day. We were not, we were not ready. I mean, I'm not 100% because you were never going to be 100% ready. But having a deadline gives you the sense, okay, that's it. Whatever it is, the curtain is going up. The show starts. You have to keep moving forward. Right. So clearly, you know, doing your due diligence and your homework is important when starting a business. You know, kind of figuring out a way to utilize those relationships that we all have. Some of us have more relationships than others, right? And I always tell people, especially here in Northwest Arkansas, is that it's not hard to build and develop relationships here. Would you agree with me on that? Oh, totally. And it's one of those that even if you don't have all of those friends or relationships, you can always pick up the phone because someone else is going to connect you to someone else. And that's how I get to meet you, right? Exactly. And that's how you get to meet so many people. And you never know that you'll be out of the blue. You may think that, oh, that person, maybe that person could be good for that question that I have back there. Let me connect those two people and just let them talk. Yeah. Yeah. And and I mean, I don't, I'm not suggesting that Northwest Arkansas has cornered the market on relationships, but I just feel like I honestly did not know anybody here except for the person that introduced you to me. And that's Mark Zweig. And now this, you know, fast forward seven years, I know everybody. And it's a lot of it is because of this podcast, of course, and other things that I'm doing. But I've just kind of leveraged one relationship and, and others, and, and I've become friends of people that, you know, have reached out to me. So I'm kind of paying it forward myself and making those connections. Somebody called me a connector the other day, and I didn't think of myself as that, but maybe I am. Maybe I do have that ability to kind of connect people together because you just never know what's going to happen. So I think that's important. And I think as we get older, because neither of us are spring chickens, right? You know, we want to make the most of our time that's left here on this planet. And so I think that's really important. Talk a little bit about how you decided to go after or, you know, because we, we hear this talk nowadays about young people when they when they leave high school, you know, they don't really have an idea of what they want to do. Where we, you know, there's a whole movement for upskilling so that these kids are developing a skill set that they'll have. They can actually do something. But talk about what was the desire was was that actually part of the dream the the autism thing was part of the dream or was it just helping people that that might be somewhat disadvantaged for one reason or another when i began with the bakery the fundamental was always helping someone to move forward right originally i was really focused on women out of the jail system okay because okay. i felt that after they get out almost all the doors are closed for them and it's almost like a we as a society are kind of forcing them to go back because they don't have anywhere to go. They cannot find a job. They cannot, because they don't have a job, then they cannot find a place to rent. And it's that vicious cycle that you, they're facing that they are kind of almost forced back to go. And what I did is I began helping these women. And it was right away, some women came directly, like almost like the next day that I went out, they went to me. It didn't mean that maybe the, a bakery or the, that kind of professional life was set for them, mm-hmm. but it was more about having a place of employment that they could have in the resume and that they can go out and use that one as a base, as a foundation for them to get another job. And I was able to do that. But then one day, a mother of a, someone living with autism came and asked me if I could take her daughter because she always wanted to bake, but she was always giving these kind of tasks and other places thinking that she wasn't able to do anymore. 
So she wasn't allowed to bake. She wasn't allowed to talk to people. And she was just allowed to open boxes because yeah. that's what I thought that she could do. And I just told her, so, well, I have never worked with people on the autism spectrum, but why not? Yeah. I just use common sense and mm-hmm. see where it goes. And that's where really everything started. And after she came, it was a way to see, for me, it was that realization that, wow, this is a huge segment of our society yeah. that's so underrepresented. Nobody is really giving them a, a show, you know, like a voice. They are so unheard. And that's how I started really focusing on them because I could see when you give them the right environment, they can really succeed. And they're going to find that confidence in themselves because that's the most important than anything. And so they find that confidence in themselves to be able to achieve everything that they really think that they can do. It could be that maybe later they're going to do something else. They don't want to be bakers all their life. But during that period, they gain so much skills and so much confidence that now they feel they can jump and do something else. So they're going to become these superheroes. Yeah, no, I love, yeah, I love that. And, you know, I got a chance to go in and witness the folks working in your place. And you wouldn't know that any that anything's different about anybody that's in there. They're all working really hard. And, you know, you, your lead person who's kind of like your manager, he's super busy and ordering things and just you know, you were getting a lot of work done. And the other thing I think that's really interesting is that a lot of people don't realize that they've probably had your bread and didn't know it. You know, they've probably been to a local restaurant or someplace else and they had this bread and they were like, oh, this is amazing. I wonder the chef back there can really bake. And, and, but they didn't know, little did they know that that rock and baker is behind it. So I I think that's cool. Yes. So, and you know, it's really, uh, one of the ideas when I wanted to design the bakery is to have this open gallery because I wanted the public to come and see them in action. And also it had another reason for me. I knew that in the restaurant industry, sometimes the behavior wasn't the one that I was supporting of. Yeah. I didn't like the screaming. I didn't like the name calling. I didn't like the cursing or anything. And I said, well, I'm not going to make rules. I'm going to let the outside set the rules. And that's why it's totally open. So they're going to be seen. They're going to be heard. It's kind of forcing you to behave the right way. Sure. And I think that's his part of the culture. It's part of supporting each other the best way that we can without making anybody feel inferior or anything. Because one of the things that I want them to understand is the same way that you may have, you may be lacking a leg or you may be blind or any other kind of disabilities. Why do you have to hide that you're autistic. Yeah. There is nothing wrong with that. Yeah. And even when you go to interview, it will be so much better for the other part to understand what you're going through because <laughs> it will make the conversation so much easier. Yeah. And it will make sure that everybody understands what's going on. And I would say that the productivity will be so much better when we understand what the challenge the other person is facing. Right. No, that, that definitely makes sense. And, and And you're right. I think we need to we need to have a little bit more compassion and empathy when when dealing with other people, you know, and just really connect with them, not just do it on the surface, but really get to know people, talk to them. Because I think a lot of times, and again, this is, we don't want to go get Dr. Phil on anybody, but I think a lot of times people really struggle with, you know, being heard or seen, you know, and I would imagine that especially a lot of the people, young people that work with you probably feel that way, right? And it's like, well, nobody's acknowledging me. And I think we all, all of us, 
want to be acknowledged. If you're a human being, you want to be acknowledged in some way, shape or form or another. Yeah, and, you want to feel value. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I think that the bakery, the role that is serving right now is almost like this megaphone. So yeah. that their voices can be heard. Yeah, yeah, no, I, uh, yeah. It's. I think I would encourage everybody to check it out and visit Rock and Baker. They are. You're located in what's that little strip mall called? It's the same strip mall where Fat Tire Bikes is. Yes, um, it is on three seven six one Mall Avenue. Right, and it is a Creekside complex. Complex, and yeah. you're going to find there. They farm fat tire. Uh, now we have a new neighbor also, Old Pines, that by the way, they also sell for bread. Sure. And other little shops in the area. And it's right on the Greenway too. So if you're riding on the Greenway over there no, towards Mud Creek, you're actually going to ride right behind Rock and Baker. So you cer- certainly need to pop in and, and order some bread. Um, they've got a bread club and a bunch of other stuff. Why don't you kind of talk about some of the services that you offer from a bread perspective? Because I'm, I'm just putting my hand up now to just say the jalapeno bread and the, just the pure sourdough bread. Because people know this, that listen to this podcast on a regular basis, but I lived in the Bay Area for, for six years. I had an office in San Francisco and I love sourdough bread, period, end of story. Boudin sourdough bread is out of this world. But I mean, you you make a sourdough bread that rivals that. It's really, really good. Well, thank you so much. And I would tell the cadets no, because I know they would appreciate to know that what they're doing. Yes, we are open to the public. Most of the production is going to the restaurants, but we are open to the public on Fridays and Saturday. Mm-hmm. The good thing is you can also order online. And that way you just come any of those days and pick it up really easy. Or even if you want to make it easier on yourself and also supporting us in a bigger way so that you don't forget, we have the weekly bread club. So every week you get a traditional sourdough that we call Frisco. Most of the names we come up with really funny names, <laughs> or also because they have a, a little history in Fayetteville or Northwest Arkansas, like a Waterfield trail mix. Yeah. <laughs> so the one that you're referring, Amigos, because we have the jalapenos making a lot of friends with the cheese in the bread. So people can join the club, the weekly member, uh, weekly bread club, so as I said, you get a traditional sourdough and then you get the flavor of the week. And the idea of the flavor of the week is also to not challenge, but to give an opportunities to cadets to come up with own ideas. One of my cadets, she's now in training to become the uh, bakery manager. And she's really the one writing the emails that is going out on Monday. She's one and then, you know, coming up with those ideas of the weekly bread uh, club ideas. So you can see when you just give them a chance. Opens up everything. Opens, yes, everything. Yeah, yeah, I love that. I love that. Well, yeah, I, I encourage anybody listening to this episode, you need to go down and just grab a loaf of bread. You'll thank me later and uh, you'll you'll say, hey, this is actually good. This is really, really good bread. So what is the future for Rock and Baker? What, what would you, in your, in, a, in your dream of dreams, I mean, did you, what did you think? I mean, I'll put it this way. I'll ask you this question this way. Being that you are a planner, and you understand that you come out of corporate America, you know, how you kind of begin with the end in mind, right? You don't just start something and think, oh, I'm just going to do this for forever. But what did you think you were going to do with Rock and Baker long term? When I had my idea again, because I am a planner and I have a deadline, naive me, I gave myself three years. Okay. I didn't know anything what I was talking about, right? <laughs> three years, almost impossible. And uh, so I have to say that it have been, it's going to be five years. <laughs> including COVID. I don't know if it, maybe that's a bonus year that we couldn't count, right. really, really four. Right. So my plan was really to have this one going 
and in somehow to become sustainable that the team can run the bakery and I will step out. Okay. It doesn't mean that I will disengage because it will be my baby. It doesn't matter what. But I wanted to step out and let them run the show. So I have to say that we were a little derailed with the COVID and everything. But I'm so happy to say, Randy, that now we are, I would say, 95%, 98% for me to step out. We have uh, Joaquin, person that you met. He has done an incredible job. He's such a young person, 22, 23. Yeah. And he's on his path to become my manager. Yeah. So he's going to continue running the bakery. He's going to manage people. He's going to ordering everything. And then with Cambridge support, she will be running the bakery from a customer service kind of thing. So, you know, the flavors and those type of things. So this is a great team. And it's almost like my dream is almost there. Yeah. And uh, so I'm ready for the 2% to come so that I can totally step out and see how this bakery can make it without me. Right. So, and, and that, I think that's great. And I applaud you if you're able to do that. I think that's the idea that everybody wants, right? People want to work. Well, they say... um Michael Gerber, who wrote The E-Myth, people, he said, most people own a job. They don't own a business. And if you, to own a business means that it can operate without you. And that, that actually allows you to kind of step away from things and look at the business from a higher level to determine what the next steps are, right? And that actually, you giving these guys and empowering these young people to step into leadership roles actually afford you the luxury to then go ahead and think about things from a bigger level, right? And I, I've done leadership training and I've always said to people, I said, as a leader, your goal as a leader is to work yourself out of a job. Not that anybody's going to fire you, but that you working yourself out of a job and empowering other people to step into some of the roles that you've done allows you to, to move up to a higher level. It's just the natural order of things from a leadership perspective. Unfortunately, too many leaders like to micromanage or feel like if I don't do it, it won't get done. And that's oh, the, then what is my value? Yeah, exactly. If I don't do it. Yeah. And that's the kiss of death. It's the kiss of death. Am I right? It is. It is. Yeah, it is. So, yeah. But, you know, but at the same time, we have to, especially young entrepreneurs, because we're talking about this instant gratification. They have this dream about I'm going to launch the biggest yeah. business ever. Yeah. And I'm going to become a millionaire. And I'm going and to be able to get out in two years. Yeah. No, you have to be realistic. Sometimes it's going to take a little longer than you think it's going to be. And you have to be ready for that. And sometimes, you know, you have to adapt. You have to reinvent yourself because the idea that you have when you launch the business most likely it's not going to be the same idea that you end up with. Sure. Because you're going to learn along, along the process. I mean, when we began, we were something different than we are today. Yeah. I didn't think that we were going to be over 80% wholesale business. That wasn't my idea or my plan. But in order to survive and to keep these cadets employed and in training, I have to reinvent and adapt to whatever circumstances were. So we are here in a different way. Yes, it took me a little longer than my three years. But that's part of the adaptability and be able to continue. Okay, my focus is still be able to get out. At the same time, my also focus is to give them the opportunity to get the skills that they need. Right. So I just have to be able to marry those two. And what you can see in this case, that's what we say, bread with benefits, <laughs> because it brings a lot of benefits, not only to them, that they become more mature, they become more secure, more confident, and they also become more independent but also the benefit for the supporters. Because as you said, you know that you're buying a good bread 
But at the same time, you know that the bread that you're buying is also benefiting these people who otherwise their voices were totally unheard. Sure. And these are people that are in your community, right? You're supporting. These aren't people. They're not, you know, Damar is not importing these people from other parts of no. the country. They are from Northwest Arkansas. So, yeah. Uh, and you, when you look at, at the numbers, it's quite frightening to see how people are, how we're not doing more. This is a growing population. Sure. It could be some people say, well, it's just now more people are being diagnosed. But it's beyond that one. It's a growing population. Is For example, right now, we have a huge labor shortage, right? Right. And then we have here a growing population that in Arkansas is close to maybe over 23,000 people. Yeah. Totally unemployed. Yeah. That could be working for you. Sure. And I have to say, with COVID and everything else, I had never had a labor shortage situation in my bakery. Never. Because these kids, they're dying to come to work. They're almost crying when they they cannot come. So you can see that you have a loyal base here just waiting for someone to give them an opportunity. That's all. Yeah. So, I mean, if somebody's listening to this, maybe I'm a parent that has a child, a a young adult that's on the autism spectrum. Um, Do you have capacity to, to hire some more people or are you at your limits right now? I would say most of the limit that we have is really driven by the business. Sure. I don't have revenue to continue producing more than what we're currently doing. Yes, we could add more days, production days. Sure. But unfortunately, the business is not there. Yeah. And uh, we are not getting enough donations or grants to be able to subsidize the difference. So I wish I could say, yes, bring him over or bring her over because we can take it. That's not the case. So that's something that maybe the community can do a little more is by helping us grow in the business or helping us getting more financial support. We can open more production days so that we can train more individuals and potentially we can help them get jobs in other places. Yeah, because currently you're four days a week. Is that it? Correct. Right. Yeah. And so just for clarification purposes, because of the way that you said that, remind me, is Rock and Baker, is it a nonprofit or is it for profit? It is a nonprofit. Okay. I have to say it's a nonprofit business, if you think sure. about it, but also we have a benefit corporation side. Okay. And that's the one that is really running the bakery and is the one that is providing employment and all of that, the one paying the taxes and everything like that. Sure. And then we have the nonprofit side that's really the one that manages the academy per se. So if you can think about Rocking Baker as a benefit corporation, is subsidized or has been subsidizing running the training program. Yeah, no, I understand that. But if somebody listening to this said, man, I want to, I love what Demar is doing. I want to be able to give her a donation so that she would have more capacity to hire more people. You can take that donation, right? Yes. Yeah. Yes, okay. Totally deductible. And, you know, we, during, uh, when COVID hit our area, I didn't want the cadet to stay at home because they needed to stay busy. And yeah. that's when I decided, okay, we have huge oven. The community is needing food. Sure. There is a huge food insecurity in Northwest Arkansas. And I said, well, I'm just going to go out to the community to ask for financial support. And that's what we did. We began producing and shifted the production 100% to be donated to the food banks and the schools. And that's all what we did. All the restaurants were closed. We didn't have any revenue coming in. Sure. But the costs were still there. You still have to pay the rent. You still have to pay power. You have to pay everything, right? Right. So we said, well, what about if we just do it in a different way? They continue being paid. They continue being hired. But then they have a different purpose. Now everything that they produce is just going to be helping the members of our community. And we did that one for a couple of months. 
And then when restaurants began opening up, that's when we decided to balance the donation with the commercial side. Sure. You know, unfortunately, you know, it was such a tough year, 2020, that most of the donors were so generous that they put their hearts into last year that a little less is happening to 21 and I had to make the right, you know, no, I don't know if it's the right choice, but it was a very tough decision for me. I have to pause the donation program because we didn't have the financial support to keep doing it. Yeah, and I, I have to And I have to stay focused on hiring and training the cadets and I couldn't keep doing both. I understand. I understand. That's fine. Yeah. And, and that, that might be good for people to know so that when, when the, the opportunity does present itself again, that people can check it out and, and give to Rock and Baker and, and to what you're doing. So what's the website address? It is very easy. www.rockinbaker, R-O-C-K-I-N, Baker, B-A-K-E-R, Dot org. Dot org, right. And the funny thing that's so meta about this, when I met uh, Demata's husband, his last name is Baker. It Her is last name is Baker. And it's, it is his fault yeah. that it was prophetic that this was bound to happen to you at some point in time, that you were going to become a baker, both in name as well as in practice. So yes, yes. I think that's really funny. But well, thank you so much, uh, Demata, for coming on the I Am Northwest Arkansas podcast. You know, we need to figure out some kind of branded I Am Northwest Arkansas bread that people can come get. But I definitely want to encourage anybody listening to this, go check out Rock and Baker. All the information will be on the show notes. Go visit them. Tell them that you heard about them. If you if you're this is your first time or, or maybe you listening to Demara today says you remind you of, oh, I heard about this bakery. I want you to go in there and get some bread, support these guys, support what they're doing and, and the mission that Demara has put together over the last five years. And let them know, if you're just hearing about it now for the first time, let them know that you heard about it here first on the I Am Northwest Arkansas podcast. And I'm sure Demar will take good care of you. Thank you so much. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, folks, there you have it. Another episode of the I Am Northwest Arkansas podcast. To learn more about us or to read or download the show notes from today's episode, visit IamNorthwestArkansas.com. You can listen to this podcast and sign up for our free newsletter to keep up with us and all things NWA. Sign up today. You can subscribe to the I Am Northwest Arkansas podcast wherever you listen to it, and please consider rating and reviewing us on Apple Podcasts. Remember, our podcasts come out every Monday, rain or shine. I'm your host, Randy Wilburn, and we'll see you back here next week for a new episode of the I Am Northwest Arkansas podcast. Peace. We hope you enjoyed this episode of I Am Northwest Arkansas. Check us out each and every week, available anywhere that great podcasts can be found. For show notes or more information on becoming a guest, visit IamNorthwestArkansas.com. We'll see you next week on I Am Northwest Arkansas.